Rocky. Good morning, everyone. So lovely to see you all. Um, you know, it's always difficult when, when people share their, their, their alpha stories. I just feel like they should just continue sharing their story, right? Um, but it's so good to be with you. And today what we're going to talk about is God's kind of love. You know, what better thing to talk about after hearing those amazing stories. So if you wouldn't mind, if you could go with me to First of John chapter 4, and we're going to look at verses 7 to 18. We're going to look at God's kind of love. So if you can switch your Bibles on, you can follow the verses on the screen. The Apostle John writes, Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. This is how God showed his love amongst us. He sent his one and only Son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. And if we go down to verse 15, he continues, he says, if anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the son of God, God lives in them and they in God. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. This is how love is made complete amongst us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. In this world, we are like Jesus. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. What do you think about when you hear the word love? I've always had a damaged view of love. I was born in a prison in Miami. I was brought to London when I was three because my mum was going through a difficult time. So I was raised by my grandmother and my extended family, but all my family were either going into recovery or coming out of recovery. There's not a single marriage in my entire family. So I never got to see or experience what, what love felt like or what it looked like. If you guys know the five love languages, um, the book, our family used the opposite of whatever those five lang- languages were. But what's your experience of love been like? How have your past experiences shaped the way you view and experience love? Because if I'm honest, you know, even right now, even I can still be afraid of love. I'm afraid of opening my heart and, and letting people in because I'm scared that they'll reject my love. So what I can do is I, I, I can push people away before they get too close and before they have the power to hurt me. And I even did this with God for so many years. But something happened this Christmas, um, which I've been kind of keeping under wraps, but I wanted to share it with you guys, my family and, and everyone online, um, because, because I've met someone. Uh, and, um, and I've been waiting for this moment to introduce her to you. Um, she's been waiting to meet you guys too because she's changed the way I view and receive love. And, and here she is. <laughs> oh, well, what did you guys think I meant? <laughs> what? Oh, no, this is Mango. Um, she, she's been incredible. Mango, you know, never rejects my love. She always gives me more, especially if I have treats. 
Um, she was dying to be here today, um, but she sent her selfie to you guys so that you guys could all meet her. But today what we're going to do, we're going to look at God's kind of love. And we're going to look at how God's kind of love transforms our lives. How God's kind of love transforms the way we give and receive love. The way we experience it for ourselves. And the first thing I think the Apostle John writes from these passages with regards to God's kind of love is that God's kind of love pursues. In verse 7 to 8 it says, Love comes from God and God is love. I don't know about you, but before I started following Jesus, I had this picture of God that he was somewhere pointing, a pic, pointing his finger at all my mistakes. I thought he had a list of everything that I had done wrong and he was just waiting for the moment to throw them all in my face. I thought that he was distant. I thought that he was always upset. I thought that he was grumpy. And I just thought it was impossible to ever get close to him. As I look back now, I realise that so much of my experience of love as a child shaped the way I viewed God. But in this passage, we read, love comes from God and God is love. So what does that mean? Well, it means that God is the origin of love. He's the essence and nature of it. He is love. And you know, when we speak of God as a Trinity, we speak of Father, Son and Holy Spirit who have been in a loving relationship since before time began. And it was out of that love that the world was created. It was out of that love that you and I were created. Did you know that you were created to love and to be loved? It doesn't matter how your parents planned it or if they thought of it. God had a plan for you and his plan was to love you. And he's been loving you since before creation. And with that love, he's been pursuing you. And that's probably why you're here today. That's probably why you're watching online. It's because God is love. And with his love, he's been pursuing you all your life. And he wants you to know today that he loves you, that he has a plan for your life. But whenever we talk about this word love, I, I feel like it's difficult to understand because in English, we have one word for love. But in Greek, the language of the New Testament, there were four words for love. And one of them is this, is storge. And, and this word describes the love that we may have for our family. There's another word, philia. It's a love that friends might have for one another. There's eros, which is a romantic love between a husband and a wife. But in this verse, the apostle John uses the word agape. And this is, it's a, it's a sacrificial, perfect and unconditional love. And this is the word that the Apostle John uses to say how God's kind of love is for you. And with that love, he's been pursuing you. It's why you're here today. On Fridays, I go for a walk with Mango. What she loves to do, she loves to go to High Park. And one of the things she loves to do when we're in High Park, she loves to play fetch. The only problem is that she hasn't quite worked out that she needs to bring the ball back. So we've lost a few balls in Hyde Park. So if you guys are ever around Hyde Park and you see an orange and blue ball, please return it to me because um, I've bought quite a few now. But she loves chasing after the ball. But one thing that she loves even more than chasing after the ball is finding squirrels. Now, whenever we're together, I always notice whenever a squirrel's on her radar, it's like she starts to tiptoe on the grass 
Her ears go up. She's, she's looking around. And normally she gets a few steps in, but the squirrels, they're quite clever. They, they see her and then they run up and they run up a tree. But this Friday, she got really close to this squirrel and there were no trees close by. So I thought, she might actually catch this squirrel this week. But just as she was a few steps before, the squirrel, the squirrel turned around, saw her and started running as quickly as you could ever imagine down the park and Mango was in hot pursuit and she was quite close. I thought, oh, I think she's actually going to grab her. What am I going to do if she grabs this squirrel? Um, but then they go so far into the park that I lost sight of them. And you know, normally whenever she chases off the squirrel, she comes back a few minutes later. But this time, it had been five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, half an hour. Don't worry, this has never happened before. I always know where she is. And I started to get quite worried. I started calling her name. I started pursuing her, trying to follow the tracks, trying to see if I could see if anyone had spotted her. But no one had seen anything. I started to get so worried that I was even going to call the police to help me look for her. Um, And as time went on, I was still looking for her, calling her name. Out of nowhere, I see Mango running towards me. She's covered in water, a brown water. So I think she fell into a puddle or something. And she's running towards me as though I were a squirrel. And I know exactly what's going to happen. She's going to jump on top of me. But because I've been looking for her for all this time, I didn't care. I let her jump on top of me. I got muddy. I got wet. But I was just so happy to see her. And I know that this is a relationship between me and Mango, but in some ways, I think this is the kind of love that God has for you and me. The way that he's been pursuing you and me. He's not preoccupied with how messy we are, how dirty we are, how long we've been away. He's been loving you. He's been pursuing you. And he's just waiting for the day that you would come back. So if you're here today and perhaps you're new to faith or new to church, a great way that we can come back to him is to join Alpha. And as you know, it's here in the building at seven o'clock online or in person or at 10 o'clock in the morning online. You can ask the big questions of life. But you might be here today and, and, and you might feel like You've been a Christian for quite some time, but perhaps your heart's grown cold. Maybe if you're here in the building or watching online and you might feel like your relationship with God isn't the same as it used to be. Maybe things have happened. You've been hurt and wounded because of life. God's also pursuing you. And what we're going to do today at the end of the service, we're going to offer a time of prayer. And what a great way to underline today as the day that you came back to him. You could come forward and we'll pray for you and you can come back to him. And he's not upset with what's happened or how long it's been. He's just happy to see you. So God's kind of love pursues. And then I think what the Apostle John says is that God's kind of love pardons from verses nine to 10. This is how God showed his love amongst us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we've loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. I love what G.K. Chesterton, the journalist and author, writes about God's kind of love. He says, to love means loving the unlovable. To forgive means pardoning the unpardonable. 
And God's kind of love for you and for me is able to pardon the unpardonable in our life. For so many years, I was weighed down by guilt and shame and regret over the mistakes I've made. I wonder, how are you coming in today? Are you holding on to to guilt, shame and regret? You know, I always used to think that nobody could ever love me because of the mistakes I've made. I used to think if people really knew all I had done, they would never be able to accept me. If they knew my life, if they knew my family, if they knew my history, if they knew all the things that had happened to me, they just wouldn't be able to love me. But what happens is that this only creates a perpetual cycle of rejection because the more we hide our true selves, the less we're able to truly be able to receive and experience love. I love how the theologian and author Timothy Keller puts it. He says, to be loved but not known, it's comforting but superficial. To be known and not loved, it's our greatest fear. But to be fully known and truly loved is, well, it's a lot like being loved by God. It's what we need more than anything. And God's kind of love is able to fully know you and fully love you. Because God is able to look at all the mistakes, all the things that have happened in your life, and He's able to say, I'm able to pardon them all, to forgive them all. And He does this by sending His Son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. And atonement means at one moment. It's the act of making amends for a wrong. And this theology of atonement is at the heart of the Bible's teaching. God created the world in love, but unfortunately sin entered. And sin is the stuff that we do that hurts us, hurts others and hurts God. It normally leads to regret and shame. And it creates a void in our hearts because it separates us from God. It's so serious in God's eyes that the Apostle Paul writes that the consequences for it is death. But God did not want you to be separated from Him. God did not want you to face the penalty for that sin. So He sent His Son, Jesus, whom He loved before the world was created, to come into the world as a man, to live a sinless life and to die in my place and in our place. He became the atoning sacrifice for our sins so that we could be at one with God. Here God was showing us the kind of love that pardons. Because on the cross, Jesus paid for all my mistakes, all my past mistakes, all my current mistakes, all the mistakes I'll ever make. And God is able to do the same with you. Your slate could be wiped clean. We could have a fresh start, a new beginning today because on the cross, Jesus paid the price so that we could find complete and total forgiveness. This is how we free ourselves of guilt, of shame, of condemnation. This is how we can truly become whole and find ourselves. God's kind of love is a love that pardons the unpardonable. Last week, I met up with some of my friends from secondary school. I used to go to a school called St. Gregory's in Northwest London. Anyone from St. Greg's? No. Anyone from Northwest London? Okay. More than in the earlier service. Um, there's that in, in my last Alpha group, there was somebody from my secondary school who came to my Alpha group. Now they're part of the Connect group and everything. And we always talk about what it was like going to our secondary school. But she was a few years below me. But last weekend, I met up with some of my friends who were in my year from secondary school. I hadn't seen these guys since year 11. 
So there was so much for us to catch up on. They were telling me about how some of them have bought a house, how some of them are getting married. And then they asked me, so, so Fernando, you know, what have, what have you been up to? Because last time we heard, you were going through a bit of a difficult time. You know, it's funny, I found it so difficult being in that place and speaking to them about um, what had happened since school. They were telling me stories about all the things that had happened in those years and, and I kind of didn't remember most of them or I felt like I just kind of seared them from my mind. But as I was in that room, I, I just began to say to them, growing up, I was so empty. I had a massive void in my heart that I was just desperately trying to fill with the approval of people, with success, with money, with drugs. But everything I did to try and fill that void only made it worse. And it led me down, making so, down the road of making so many mistakes. When I was 17, I went to prison. When I was 19, I was in a drug rehabilitation center. And I thought that my life would never change. I thought that that's what I was destined to be. And what was so hard for me was that I just felt like I was just destroying my own life and destroying the lives of everyone around me. I saw so many people's lives ruined by the things that we were doing. But I just felt like there was no way out for me. But then I told them, I said, I remember being in this drug den and, and God sent a man to come and speak to me. And I was in this drug den in South London and it was full of people, but he came and he spoke to me and he said to me, Fernando, God loves you and he has a plan for your life. He's able to forgive you and give you a new beginning. And I just couldn't, you know, I couldn't believe it. I, could, I couldn't believe that God could forgive me for all the things that I had done. I couldn't believe that I could start again. But I prayed with him and, and I received God's forgiveness. And God changed my life. You know, I, I, I wouldn't be here today. I, I, I'd, be in, I'd, I'd either be dead or in prison. But God's love pursued me to the middle of a drug den. He was able to pardon me and forgive me. And he made my life whole. He gave me a new beginning. I'd gone from, you know, destroying my life and destroying the lives of everyone around me to doing as much as I can to help young men who grew up without fathers, to help young men who are in prison, to help as many people as possible receive God's love and His forgiveness. So we're in that pub and then they said to me, so how did Jesus forgive you? And then I said to them, well, you know, I also got ordained and everything. And then they said to me, so do you have to wear dresses? <laughs> so it was almost as if everything I had <laughs> But what I did say to them, when they started asking me all those questions, I said, it's incredible that you asked that. Because this Wednesday, <laughs> we have this event. It's called Alpha. And you guys should all come. So they're going to come this Wednesday to Alpha. So make sure you all pray for them to come. But God is able to restore and redeem any situation. 
God is able to heal and make any person new because God's kind of love is a love that pardons. God's kind of love is a love that forgives. And the Apostle Paul, the Apostle John ends by saying, God's kind of love promises. In verses 15 to 18, he writes, If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in them and they in God. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. This is how love is made complete amongst us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. In this world, we are like Jesus. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. This portion of scripture ends with an amazing statement. It says, there is no fear in love. But why can that statement be made? Because there's a promise here. The Apostle John says, if anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God will live in them and they would live in God. You know, I also looked at the Greek for that verse where it says, if anyone. And do you want to know what it means? It means anyone. No matter how we've come here today, no matter what our lives look like up until this moment, if anyone, if you're online, if you're in the building, if anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, you can be sure that God's love will be for you all of your life. You can live a fearless life with all that's going on in the world, with all the fear that's happening. You can have confidence in this life because you can be sure that God's love is for you. But then the Apostle Apostle John also adds that you can have confidence on the day of judgment. Have you ever wondered what happens when you die? I used to wake up at night so afraid of that moment, not knowing what it would look like. Do you ever think about that? Well, the Apostle John continues to write about eternity in the book of Revelations. He says, We will wipe away every tear from their eyes and death shall be no more. There shall be no more mourning, no crying, no pain anymore for the former things have passed away. And he who was seated on the throne said, behold, I am making all things new. This is an eternity that's waiting for us. And what the apostle says is, you can be certain of that eternity with heaven if you acknowledge that Jesus is the Son of God. That's how you live a fearless life. In this life, and into eternity. And you can be confident of it because God's kind of love promises. He promises that this is for you. No matter how you've come here today, you can receive His love. His kind of love that pursues you, His kind of love that pardons, and His kind of love that promises. The question is, have you acknowledged that Jesus is the Son of God? Are you sure that His love is for you? Because you can receive it today. Shall we pray? Why don't we stand as we pray?